Welcome to Sugar We're Going Down Podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, it's me. Uh, finally, in phase four of the Fallout Boy cinematic universe, we're getting an origin story for the loss. <laughs> a weird one? A weird one. Much is like it? much like Black Widow, we, we will figure out the origin after they're thrown off a cliff. And also, it doesn't really explain that much, but it's no. fine. In fact, it I forgot how questionable the whole thing was. Yeah, it seems uh, extremely sus, but we're not but, um, at that part of the show yet. No, vi- uh, we, all, we always do the video last week. We keep you waiting. That's how we get you. <laughs> this song is called Young and Menace. This was the first single for Mania. I pointed out that it was technically the follow-up to the Ghostbusters song they did, because uh, that was in 2016. This was early 2017. Uh, it did release with a video. It is... Quite a bit of a sonic shift, I would say. Yep. Even like, I don't even, I, I think this is sort of a standout track, even with what we've covered from Mania so far. Yeah, that's definitely what I was thinking too. When I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is different. This is something. I was like, they are, they are doing something on this. I don't know what it is, but they are doing it. So then, then it comes down to the most important question. Do you like it? I think so. I like it as, like, a radio bop. I don't think that I would, like, want to, like, sit down and listen to it. Sometimes you just need hyped up. It's probably a good, good, like, like, track one or two on a a playlist or something. It's I think mm -hmm. it's, like, track four on the record. No, I'm wrong. This is, like, right before the end. This is track nine. Oh. Um, Weird. Right before the closer. Penultimate tracks on records are important. I've always said this. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Joe's catchphrase. I actually, uh, this, that's a, that's a joke for me because I actually have always thought that, but I've never, there's never a reason to talk about that shit. Uh, but it well, is, now it's on the record. Now, now it's on the record, but it's true. I, I think it works fine on the record. I think, uh, I always figured it was going to be like an opener or something when you hear it, but, um, we've already talked about the opener. Stay frosty, Royal Milk Tea. Yeah, weird song placement on this album, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Strange I'm, choices. I'm interested when we've done all these songs to sort of like listen to it front to back and sort of talk about it. We've, uh, you know, we've never done that on the show, but it's kind of always been an idea we've tossed around. Yeah, but because uh, I'm definitely experiencing it very weirdly. So it's kind of like singles. It's kind of like moving through time with various singles if they somehow released all of their songs as singles but i think we've hit all of the well we haven't hit all of the mania ones just because so many of them have like videos or single releases but so so it goes when you are a pop band like fallout boy and you make a 10 track record uh but this is where it started this was this was the introduction of mania of the color purple fallout boy invented it uh, and they did it here in this video with two llamas actually there's more than two llamas but two main llamas there's there's so much to sift through with this song. And I'm looking at the Genius page, Genius.com, please sponsor us. But uh, there's a lot of verified annotations that before all the ones I think we've done have said Fall Out Boy, but this one says Pete Wentz. Specifically. And they are not, you know, all lowercase words. They're not emojis. They're not pictures of basketball players. They are detailed paragraphs. We're going to have to deal with that. Uh, And there's, there's a lot of descriptions here about 
I don't like using the word weird to describe this song. It says weirdest songs, one of the weirdest songs the band has ever made. But we'll dig into the lyrics. It uh, it also came with tweet that I'm going to send to my good friend Caitlin right now. Because <laughs> it is just, uh, you remember, <laughs> maybe you don't remember, but uh, there was a series of note cards that Donald Glover posted on Twitter when he was going through some stuff when he left uh, community and he was trying to, to do music and some just he was going through a lot. So he posted a bunch of like handwritten notes. And I, I feel this feels so reminiscent of that. And it's a little weird. Pete Wentz wrote this note to announce the record. It's uh, really fucking hard to read. Uh huh. I think it's it is transcribed above the picture on the genius page. If you look at the full description. God, I'm going to I'm going to try to read the shitty one. Um, the gentle pull, I think, of a tide that rolls over. Oh, it starts with it says mania and the letters are weirdly spaced out. Um, yeah, and then that's it says, on the that's on the cover art of the record. I don't know. They got there's probably a meaning behind that. But uh. yeah, because the M and the A are closer together. And mm. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, the gentle pull of a tide that rolls over and over again, and by the sheer nature of its essence, he just used the wrong its, uh, becomes Incredible. an indestructible will, ripping out sand, eroding what was before it without a care, dot dot dot, a transformational monster. The madness and frenzy of a truly bullet proof wave i'm not just here for your love i'm here for all of the love the never sleeping never blinking caught forever in the sunshine riptide jesus christ pete signed pw fucking that's uh and then here we are that was that was the announcement of mania with this song Hoofadoofa. That was an ordeal. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot they packed into this record, and I don't know how much of it actually is gleamable that we've gotten so far, but Pete here is going to hold our hand through this song in the form of annotations. So I, I, guess, we, I guess it's time to get into it. I guess it's time. It's, it, it, it begins. The song starts off... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say quiet, but a little like calm. Yeah, like, it, it kind of builds. Yeah, like eerily calm. And verse one, P- uh, P- Patrick sings the words of Pete. We've gone way too fast for way too long. And we were never supposed to make it half this far.
we've gone way too fast for way too long, and we were never supposed to make it half this far, and I lived so much life, lived so much life, I think that God is going to have to kill me twice. Kill me twice, like my name was Nikki Six. I woke, <laughs> and then there's like a, a break. This is weird. To, it, this, this is spread out over so long, it's weird to read like normal words. Um, yeah. And then, I woke up in my shoes again, but somewhere you exist singing, uh, and then the the actual chorus is "Oops, I did it again." I forgot I played what I was with your heart. <laughs> yeah, yep. It just it just becomes a different song. Uh, I forgot what I was losing my mind about. I only wrote this down to make you press rewind and send a message. I was young and a menace, and then there's a then there's a beat drop. There's a breakdown. <laughs> chopped sample mm-hmm. yeah it is it is patrick singing young in a minute but it is uh it goes through various pitches and and it's cut up and um i don't know uh, just listen to it but anyway yeah yeah so how you feel uh f- fine it's interesting the the nikki six thing is funny to me mm-hmm. um We'll get to that. Do we want to? Are we just going to really get into these Pete Wentz annotations? Or? What, however much you think we should. Uh, okay. Well, I do need to read this first one. Okay, good. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why. So the why. very first, you know, P- Pete Wentz, uh, Peter Kingston Lewis Wentz, the third, uh, annotations on the very first line states it's a reference to that in the way that Kanye always does. Sure, Pete. Good job so far. Um, I need you right now. It's just a thing that he goes to, but I don't think there's actually a self-reference. If you put Fall Out Boy into two time periods, the first one was just complicate or compacted and impossible to have any perspective. And then the second one wasn't supposed to be like that, but that's what it became as well. And so the idea was, dude, we're like this punk rock band from the suburbs of Chicago. It's very odd that I'm even here. The line is a reference to that. But I think that all of it makes sense in the way that our world is right now. That was just a lot of words. It was a lot of words for the line, we've gone way too fast for way too long. Especially, um... I get it. The Kanye thing was weird, like... Oh, I like, do not okay. know what he is referring to in, in like, in Yeah, terms I of have Kanye. no idea. As someone who has spent a lot of time thinking about Kanye lyricism, maybe not in the last couple of years, but overall, weird weird decision <laughs> yeah i uh don't understand yeah but the rest of it makes sense to me i think um talking about fallout boy and, and like what they do in their sound and what the, the songs are saying not having a ton of perspective i think that I, I think we would agree with that in most cases so some songs end up poignant on like a small scale uh like talking about stuff that uh pete is dealing with or like relationship stuff and we're like no this one gets it but like when when pete refers to himself as like god's gift of music and shit uh what what are you gonna do (laughs) it's interesting like that this was a song that pete decided to be like fully on his bullshit in the annotations with and like fully just admitting like this is just about the band Mm -hmm. like completely like this is just fully 100% 100% like a look at the at the past and current of the band mm-hmm. cuz i feel like like we talk about that all the time but i feel like we at least from the songs we've covered so far like we haven't seen him like really really do it to this degree yeah no i mean he's i don't, i wouldn't ask Pete to go back and annotate every fucking song uh and 
<laughs> I, I and I and I it is interesting to me the the sort of like no frills, no jokes honesty that he's just like this is what the song's about to mean. It means all these things about my relationship to the band and the music and looking back on it. Whereas we are gleaming that from so many other Fall Out Boy songs. And when there have been annotations, just it's it's a uh, there's like a layer of irony between the anal- the like the self analysis and the the text. Yeah, it's definitely we've it's always, a weird juxtaposition. We've always attributed it to Pete because Pete kind of has that sense of humor. Um, but I mean, he's also if it there, there's something about this being attributed to Pete Wentz and the other ones being attributed to Fallout Boy, where I'm just like, maybe they weren't all Pete. I refuse to let that go, but I acknowledge what you're saying. I feel like they're likely to be Pete. I feel like the three emojis <laughs> or the the all lowercase shit, that's still Pete's brand. Um, yeah, I like the pictures of Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I think, like, there's probably some of those that are, like, if you if actually they were Joe, I'd be like, yeah, of course. That makes perfect sense, too. <laughs> also a shit poster online. Joe Troman. If not more of a direct shit poster. I think Pete just is. Pete just kind of is Pete all the time. Yeah, Pete's just kind of a strange man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it'd be like that. Sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, the second line has another annotation. Uh, where Pete says, in the beginning of Fallout Boy, there was no vision, really. It was kind of like play fast and break everything. There was not a grand scheme. Anyone who was at those shows, you have to know it was just a thing that was fun to do. It was an escape from the other stuff we were doing. And I think that tracks. We've talked about like how weird it is to make a record and then suddenly be the most <laughs> famous band. <laughs> you know, they, they kind of wore the downsides on their sleeves. Uh, and, you know, on record two and three and... A little bit of four. Yeah. But yeah, that's for we were never supposed to make it half this far. It's interesting, too, is I feel like I don't even know if I would have assumed that was about the band right away at this point in Fall Out Boy's career. I don't know if I would have assumed that was directly about the band's career um, listening to the song just by itself. Yeah, I don't. This one definitely seems more like a relationship song, not even necessarily like a romantic relationship, but like. An interaction between people. Mm-hmm. But, so what the fuck do we know? Because <laughs> that's my feeling on it. And then Pete's like, no, this is about the band. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be that, like, the band is the group of people. That's true. And it's, uh... It definitely, it, it feels more, like, intimate, I guess. Or, like, I don't know. It feels like a movement. Because I guess that's the difference, too, is it's not talking about the fame necessarily. Yeah, it feels broader than just the band. It yeah, feels like it's just like... life. Yeah, it's like a B. postmortem on the band almost. Mm-hmm. I feel like every post every post hiatus album I have felt if this was the last one I would believe it. Like Save Rock and Roll has shit like we just plugged into Save Rock and Roll. And I was like, you know what? If they don't make another one, that makes sense to me. Like this feels like a text that could do that. Um American Beauty a little less so, but uh the closer on that one is interesting. And then this this uh young and menace uh and uh bishop's knife trick back to back uh closing out mania is just like i feel like they're always ready to go and then they have more ideas and they run with them or maybe i'm just projecting that based on how i read uh you know songs and records and how i have over the past couple years but i don't know joe for a second i'm not gonna lie i thought you were gonna say maybe i'm just projecting because that's how i do podcasts no it's not (laughs) I know it's not, but it would have been real fucking funny. Uh-huh. I have said that all of my podcasts are tests to my mortality, uh, which 
was not intentional, but kind of just it just happened. Although I I did say that I wouldn't start another podcast this year, but if so, if I do, just like smack me one good. Yep, everyone hold Joe accountable to that. Mm-hmm. Now, when I when I started Nervous Rex, I said that's the last one until like some of these fucking end, and they keep making Fall Out Boy songs, so maybe we're doing this forever. I really do think that we're doing this for the rest of our lives, Joe. Uh, eventually, I think we'll reach a point where we're just waiting for a new one, but until then. Then we'll go on our first hiatus. Yes. <laughs> and then everyone will talk about how we were better before it. <laughs> now we're just doing it for them for that sick podcasting money. Yeah, all that fucking dough we rake in. Yeah. Uh the the reference to Nikki Six, I think you could probably then connect the dots that it's about uh maybe the the music specifically, but it doesn't feel like it's that specific. It feels more broad. Um I think that God is gonna have to kill me twice is kind of uh, an arrogant line, but in a way that I don't roll my eyes out, in a way that I kind of laugh at. Um, yeah. I think it might be the tone that it's delivered in. It's not literally I am God's gift, which is a line in the song that we're going to talk about soon. <laughs> but, which is funny, because you said that, like, I think last episode, and I was like, I don't know if it's ever been that direct, and then... And then you rolled the song, and, <laughs> and then I, was I like, rolled, huh. And then I rolled a song in which there is a line that says, I am God's get- God's gift. Um, my favorite part about the Nikki Six thing is like I don't know what I was expecting with the annotation. Like I was expecting, I don't know, like a reference to that time he snorted ants or like, you know, the wild Nikki Six shit. And then the actual annotation is Nikki Six started the whole thing. You know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean? We wouldn't have the haircuts and the crazy jeans if it wasn't for Nikki Six. That's what we all remember him for. Uh huh. Um, but then the chorus has the Britney Spears reference. There's a long annotation about that. I don't know if I don't know if I need to read it. I I do want to point out the first line of this annotation is there was a bigger Britney Spears reference originally. This is there was a Britney Spears reference on Save Rock and Roll too. Yeah, we've made this joke before. I've mm-hmm. tweeted I've shit posted about Britney Spears on our account. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, it's uh, he he's talking in this annotation about how um this is so much. This is a lot. Uh, it, it was originally referencing more that she had gone through. Uh, as a reference to like the way that uh we, we it says we built her up and tore her down, as as a metaphor for culture. It's a lot. I feel like there needs to be a sentence in here where it's like, and she didn't deserve it. Everything was really sh- everyone was really shitty to Britney Spears for a long time, and it's fucked up. But uh, I guess also he he's said, not wrong. At, at least he had the foresight to be like, I ended up not feeling comfortable, like, talking about someone else's breakdown, mm-hmm. even though I've, like, experienced similar feelings. Like, That's... way to read the room, Pete. Good job. Growth. <laughs> like, I'm surprised, but pleasantly so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he still kept the initial reference in there, which I think is fine. Yeah, um, I think... I kind of wish it wasn't a reference to anything other than, like, just being kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it would have been better if he was just like, yeah, I wanted to, like, have a Britney Spears, like, a very funny, classic Britney Spears line in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, then it, it goes, oop, I did it again, I forgot what I was losing my mind about, and, like, I think other people connect the dots, too. Yeah. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's weird that he's like, I toned it down, but it's still kind of there. <laughs> so, I guess it could be worse. It could this, be. And this is a record, this is like, track one of this record has the Tanya Harding lyric, so. 
Who could, who knows? Pete likes to make references to pop culture. He loves it. He loves mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah, and then uh, he talks about young and a menace as a phrase, talking about um, you know, being a, a young outsider. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah, there's God. really there's, there's really no way for us to talk about the the the, the middle of this song where it's just sonically interesting. Yeah, it gets a little bit wonky in the middle. Mm-hmm. I like it. Like, I like it a lot. I, I don't I don't dislike it, but it makes like processing it as a linear thing a little tricky. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's a bop and a half. I'll give it that. I agree. Like I said, like I as a radio bop, I'm here for mm-hmm. it. This is a this is a very good um like put on in the car and when you get to the chorus you just instinctively have to turn it up a little bit more song. Yeah. It's very good uh very good bass in this song. But that's that's kind of it. There's that chorus, there's the breakdown, chopped sample shit, and then there is verse two, uh woke up on the wrong side of reality, and there's a madness that's just coursing right through me, and as far as the time, far as the time, not sure I'm there yet, but I'm certain I've arrived. Oops, I did it again. Broke your heart, etc. Um <laughs> it's a chorus again. And then there's another, the the sort of breakdown stuff comes back. There's uh, a bridge. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm reading the the annotation for "woke up on the wrong side of reality." Oh please! And in the middle, it's just Pete being like, "Yo, it's wild that Legion is on TV." <laughs> <laughs> it's insane that it sh- it's insane that it shows on television. I guess I don't know what Legion is. Legion is like the spooky X-Men show on FX. Huh. But it's like, my guy, Hannibal was on NBC. Like, we're we're fine. We're fine. Nip Tuck had, like, multiple seasons. It's the same thing to me as this song for us. Just like, can you believe it? Anytime we're at a radio station and they play the song, I'm like, are your listeners going to keep listening? It's pretty crazy, says Pete. <laughs> sure, yeah, I guess. There is a comment here that just says, I love it. <laughs> the, person's, the person's username is your name. Uh-huh. I wonder if that's supposed to be a joke about how I'm saying I love it, or if they just really like the anime film. I, there's a lot of layers here. There's or maybe none. It's really hard to tell. <laughs> maybe none. It's either several or none. Yeah, I guess, like, waking up on the wrong side of reality is a metaphor for, like, why am I famous? Why is Legion on TV? What's the difference, really? <laughs> and then uh, the rest of the verse, he has an annotation for. This is a weird way to start your own annotation. I think that it's a deeper meaning. <laughs> okay. Yeah? Okay. Uh, but he talks about uh, when he was a kid feeling like his parents had it figured out, but now, like, he's a dad, and he's like, I don't have it figured out at all. Uh, and I think, like, not even just commenting on, like, the resources that younger generations progressively have, uh, but just sort of, like, the older you get, you're like, well, fucking adults don't know shit. Why did I always believe adults knew shit? They don't know shit. Everyone's just like, nobody knows how taxes work, but we all do them, you know? It's true. That's really what Pete is saying here. Uh-huh. Pete's, Pete's talking about taxes. Anyways. <laughs> and then there's another annotation from listeners about uh you know mental health stuff which makes sense uh in the context and then after the it honestly makes more sense than his fucking annotation 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's multiple. There's a deeper meaning. Is there? Because Pete doesn't seem to know. He says he thinks and he wrote it. So <laughs> I, t- I take back what I said about the layer of irony. It's still kind of here. I love, I love that this is the one where Pete is like full on went in as Pete Wentz. Logged into the, like, logged into Maine. And then was like, I think this is right. Yeah, I guess I don't, Which, like, I don't. There's, I'm not, I'm shading specifically Pete Wentz. Cause like, obviously like you can have an artistic intent with something, but like maybe not be fully sure or like come back to it and maybe it has a different meaning to you yeah or like, like you, you realize that to- you were doing stuff you didn't think about like yeah cetera, like cetera. totally real and valid but like the fact that this bitch decided on this song to show up as full-on verified pete wentz and then be like like the man who loves to like fucking jerk himself off about his lyrics and he shows up and he's like i think this is right mm-hmm. sounds correct i think there's a deeper meaning <laughs> yeah I don't know, maybe this is him trying to not do so much uh, jerking. I don't know. It's a learning process. Oh, okay. On we, on we go. So there's another chopped up sample breakdown. Mm-hmm. And then there is a bridge that says, I'm just here flying off the deep end. I'm just here to become the best yet. I'm just here for the psych assessment. I'm just here for the, for the ball and then there's one last chop sample breakdown um and uh and then the song's over there's an outro where he says we've gone way too fast for way too long again that's the first line yep alpha and And omega beginning and ending and then that's it that's it i mean we could there's there's one last annotation that pete had here in the bridge uh talking about going off the deep end he says definitely he says, have I flown off the deep end? Yeah, definitely. I love, I, I spilled, I'm the kind of person that dot, dot, dot. I remember I spilled this salad all through my car and like I went insane. And then 10 minutes later, I was in my therapist's office and I was like, I'm not talking about the fucking chicken salad. This lady is not going to know my, how much of a crazy person I am. That's and a weirdly that, I mean, specific that's like a example. real mood, honestly. It is. Yeah, it's a weirdly specific example where I'm like, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes weird things are the breaking point. You're like, I'm not going to talk about that specific point because that's not the problem. The problem is everything else. Yeah, it's like this is just like a symptom. Mm-hmm. Everything else being like angry making. Yeah. Then the, then the songs. I think the song sounds good. I think it's it's so it's it's so uh, self reflective that I really don't know if I find anything particularly questionable. I think now that I have con- like have had the dots connected on making that Britney Spears reference. I'm like, eh, it could have been less. It's surprising that he toned it back, but it still could have been less. Yeah, I guess I'm just like, I'm still just shocked that he toned it down. Mm-hmm. I don't and even had the like clarity to be like, maybe I shouldn't like in- in- interpolate myself into someone else's crisis. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Pete. You're getting there. Progress. Maybe.
You want to talk about that video? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you sound unsure. I, um, well, let me tell it to you, Joe. <laughs> let me tell you the video. Tell me how that video be looking. It's purple, um, right? So it's there, the purple one. There, there's a child. Uh-huh. And they have a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, Following you so far. Sounds like a music video with a kid in it. Yep, it's a music video. There's a kid. Uh, the kid has a uh, magazine with white people in the front. Mm-hmm. And um, the kid is not white. The kid is not white. It's a black child. And um, then they go to their home where they apparently live with the llamas. Yes, the two llamas are the parents. Yep, and they are having dinner, and the kid brings out the magazine to like show the llamas, and the llamas like freak the fuck out. And it starts a big, huge fight. And mm-hmm. then the kid runs out of the house and uh, stows away in the trunk of a car that was broken down outside of the llama forest. Mm-hmm. And then it's revealed that there are like a hundred llamas just chilling in the forest. Yeah, lots of llamas are coming out trying to to get this kid back, to say the, it, to get their kid home, quote unquote. Yeah, and then so the car drives the kid into the city, and then the kid gets out of the car... And they're walking around trying to talk to people, but they apparently speak, like, llama language. Yeah, they can't communicate to other people. There's, yeah. like, there's like subtitles on the screen that are, like, I don't know if they're actually supposed to be anything. I think they're just made-up characters, but I couldn't They look tell. like alien languages from Futurama, honestly. Sure. Um, like, that's the only comparison I could draw was, like, whenever they show, mm-hmm. like, alien languages written out in Futurama, that's what it fucking looks like. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't look too closely. I don't know if anyone's ever... <laughs> tried uh maybe it's a cipher for the fallout boy arg god i'm not gonna fucking who would (laughs) who who would um but yeah so then the kids like walking around trying to find or talk to people and it's just like not working and then i don't remember how it ends how does it end uh you're asking me how it ends yeah that's sad i just watched it too i don't remember how it ends though so they go they go to the fallout boy concert the kid does Oh, yeah, the kid, oh, yeah, the kid is, I remember, okay, they're at a bar, and there's two parents, or two people, like, a man and a lady fighting, and the kid is, like, watching this happen, and then the dude throws something at the lady, and it, like, reminds her of when one of the llamas threw something at dinner, and then there's, like, a picture that shatters on the floor, Mm -hmm. and then isn't the last shot, like, looking at the picture, and it's the man and the lady and the kid, yeah, yeah, it kind of uh, reveals that actually the llamas were just shitty parents. It's a metaphor for domestic abuse, which, as and and, and it's weird because hypo- like hypothetically, in a vacuum, it could be poignant, like feeling that detached from other people when your family is that way. Yeah, and 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 using these like uh you know Jim Henson the Dark Crystal esque things to represent that. A lot of that could have worked, but coming back to this video after seeing how they've continued to use the puppets in very, like, uh, happy-go-lucky ways, it feels very, like, it kind of soured it a little bit for me. Like, like I don't know how seriously this was taken when they just kind of became uh, cute, fuzzy icons for everybody. Um, when that was the original context they were introduced in. Um, there's also the added detail of, like, uh, the kid pointing at the magazine saying, hey, this is what families are supposed to be like. Why can't we be like this? But the family in the magazine is white and the kid is, is black. Yeah. Probably completely just not thought about, but I can't help but be like, well, 
mistakes were made. Yeah, well, I, I mean, again, like, we don't know the full backstory on how it was, you know, thought of or proposed or whatever, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, just the way that they focus on the magazine so much and, like, contrast it with the girl, I feel like, I feel like there's an eye there, you know, that's, like, mm-hmm. trying to, it feels like they're trying to make that comparison, kind of. Mm. Because I, I don't know, I just noticed it so starkly when I was watching. I was like, it feels like this is, like, intentionally, like, I feel like it's drawing your eye to it. Mm -hmm. Which maybe they were just trying to draw your eye to, like, the family, like, picture perfectness of it. But, like, it's hard, you can't, like, not include their whiteness in that. Yeah. And, yeah, I have, I have no clue what decisions were made in uh, those details or the casting or anything. Because, like... I feel like there's a lot of cases where it's like, we want to cast more diversely, but the story just happens to, you end up with accidental coding and stuff that is unfortunate. And I wonder if that's that. Uh, it's like, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff that just feels like accidental, or maybe we should have put the llamas to rest after this was how we used them the first time. Because um, I guess the llamas continue to be like, like the next video, last of the real ones, is one of the llamas, like, killing Pete Wentz in the back of a trunk. Yeah. Which, is, which was also kind of harrowing to see the like the the trunk again and have the kid crawl into the back of it after seeing last of the real ones. Yeah, I think it's when it gets into like stay royal or stay frosty royal milk tea where they're just like skateboarding casually, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, because like if you took it, if, if the llamas were just supposed to be like weird dark crystal ass like physical manifestations of trauma. I could get behind that with that, and then last of the real ones where they're like, you know being violent or whatever Mm -hmm. but to have it go from those two instances to them like look they're just skateboarding being chill it's like what it's funny because brendan yuri's in one of them shit like that uh it's yeah it's just a little exhausting but i don't know that's the that's the purple wave of capitalism i guess just like people love the llamas keep using the llamas make llama emojis make the llama mixtape so much so that the dude who made the llamas sued them for using them so much. Jesus. I, I don't feel like I was adequately compensated for how much money you've made off of these llamas. Damn. Just buy a fursuit, Pete. Could get a custom one. I know you have a lot of money. These might as well be two custom fursuits. Um, I really hope the llamas aren't Pete Wentz's persona. No, it's probably... I mean, again, Brendan Urie is, has been seen in one of them quite a bit, so... Hmm. So it's Tr- Brendan Urie's persona, is what you're I, telling I, me? I think so. I think Pete Wentz is funding Brendan Urie's persona. You know, I guess there are worse things he could be doing with the money. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to go to space yet. But he does, he does follow Elon Musk, so give it time. Fucking of course he does. I think so. I think, I think Twitter recommended... Twitter always recommends us that we follow people that Pete follows, because he's the only person that we follow on that Twitter account. <laughs> it's a very good joke. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's an, hey, Pete Wentz follows Elon Musk. I'm like, of course he does. Um, anyways, I think, yeah, I don't know if I have much else to say about the video. It's purple. Seeing Fall Out Boy play in a tiny dive bar is uh, unrealistic expectations, but, you know. Yeah, it's also interesting because they don't, like, show that much of them. No, they're pretty much only in it for that, like, brief section after the, uh, the second uh, sort of, like, uh, electronic breakdown thing happens. Yeah, and, like, even in the bar, like, when she's walking around, you don't really see, like, there's never, like, that full shot of the band. It's, like, you'll see, like, part of Patrick's head Mm -hmm. and, like, 
Andy or something. I'm like, like I don't think you ever see all of them in the same shot during that sequence. No, I think it's very, uh, very minimal boys in uh, on the stage. You do see there's a the mania sign is there in the spaced out the right way, and it's, uh, you know, everything's purple. But uh, yeah, it's mostly about this kid and their family, which are revealed to not be llamas. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think I've said all I have to say about it. Yeah, I do too. I think, this, uh, I think I'm good. Yeah, this song is is this the sonic structure of this song. I wonder if it would exist in a world that didn't have a Wall Nation sale. Ooh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a really interesting comparison. Even even I think lyrically, I think there's a lot of comparison to draw there. Because I was thinking about Sale, this song, and um, fucking uh, Still Feel by Half Alive uh, is another song that has like a, a sort of like big bombastic chorus and like uh, toned down middle sections. Half Alive was kind of panned for being a 21 Pilots knockoff, and then they made this viral video where they all did good choreographed dances. Um, but it has a similar structure of like big, uh, like the, it goes to like half time in the bass charges through the chorus but um yeah it's 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 definitely a type of song that's been made before yeah i i totally agree i haven't heard of half alive so i'm less familiar with that but that sale comparison is fucking spot on i am mm-hmm. i'll put one of those on the pairing playlist half alive was kind of a viral hit a couple i was gonna say a couple months ago but it was definitely like late last year oh god um but uh yeah it's it's interesting that sort of like uh Mitski voice big and small and big and small and big and small again song <laughs> um but uh i think i think this song works um i think it's if i had to rank them of the three examples i gave i would say like sale is probably under this one and then half alive's would be on the top but uh yeah i don't know i don't have a lot of comparisons to draw or like anything poignant to say but it's just it is an interesting comparison. I think it's extremely apt. I hadn't really thought about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's who thinks about sale anymore, except for like videos of cats falling down? You know, <laughs> it's twenty nineteen. That's true. It was such a moment, though. Like I remember that some oh, of that yeah. song was on all the time, so clearly still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh. It's wild that none of their songs sound like that. Like that was very much like that was their. Welcome home to compare them to Coheed or something. They're an all, they were an all right pop group. I remember thinking that record was okay, but like, I guess kind of like this song being kind of standout for for Mania. It's just kind of like we did this one big, big, big one that's different for the radio play. Yeah, it was definitely the song off that album. Mm-hmm. I don't even really remember the other songs on that album. I know I listened to it. I think I might own it. I uh, I might have at one point. I don't own. I think any CDs now. I might have a couple. But uh yeah, I think I think that's gonna do it for this this week's Fallout Boy podcast that comes out on Wednesdays. <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> you know the one. You can you can oh I gotta say your name loudly. I gotta remember how to do this show. Hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> Caitlin. Yes, Joe. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on twitter.com at cg and 8rs. And from there, I have a pinned tweet with all the other shit that I do um, that includes this show, but also various other ones. 
Yeah, just go there to get suggested this show again. <laughs> and then listen to all the <laughs> yeah, episodes. Yeah, go there again. to be told to listen to this again. Uh-huh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, GustofJoe, GustofJO. Um, I don't have a... I have a pinned tweet that leads you to the podcast network that uh, this is on. Because I, I, because I made that. And you can find all the other shows I make and other ones I don't make on the Orange Groves Podcast Network. You can find it at theorangegroves.com and support the network. Get uh, If you support it on Patreon, you get you get stuff that's cut out from shows and some bonus stuff. We've been doing uh, this this bonus podcast that's only on the Patreon where we rank. Uh, we uh, have a bracket to rank every single Pokemon, not counting the gener- the new generation that's going to come out in a couple months. Um, so we're already invalidating it. But nevertheless, uh, that's all there. You can get it. Um, you can follow this show on Twitter at SWGDPod. Uh, the link to the pairing playlist will be in the show notes, as well as the link to the lyrics. I don't know if I've ever said that I put those there, but I do. Oh. Uh, that's probably it. Uh, join the Orange Ghost Discord. Oh, yeah, that too. We're in there sometimes. And if you support the Patreon, you get the aforementioned uh, Patreon shit. So it's it's a whole deal, really. We played we played video game off season and uh Oh yeah. Microsoft uh took a very strong lead, I would say, at the end of that program. So if you support the Orange Grows on Patreon, you can hear that. Yeah, it's I don't know when Riley's gonna edit it, but it'll be there at some point. Get hype. Get hype. Oh, oh sorry, talking about hype made me yawn. <laughs> Caitlin Yes, Joe. Was this more than you bargained for yet? I'm genuinely a bit underwhelmed. Hmm. Fair enough. Anyways, bye. Bye.